0: Welcome ladies and gentlemen you could have been anywhere in the world but you're here with us this is the Maverick podcast I'm your host DJ Maverick today we are doing our episode in virtual reality ladies and gentlemen we have the one and only Greg Holman <laughs> repping <laughs> hockey path welcome to the pod <laughs> thank you DJ Mav in the lab Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. I wish I could rhyme, rhyme more, but that's where it's gonna stop. So, <laughs> no, man, yeah, no.
1: If if we if we start doing that, you might lose some subscribers, right? If that we, or I get a record deal,
0: you know? Right? Snoop right. Dogg just bought uh, Death, Death Records. Dude, Death Row. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Like, how crazy is that? It was his yep. dream to do yeah. that. He,
1: one, his first, I think it was his first label to ever pay him. You know? Yeah. Because he did say Death Row is a label that
0: pays me. Right. That's absolutely yeah. <laughs> yeah. And his new album is gonna be sold as an NFT. Oh, I didn't know that. So you know can that. buy buy the songs as NFTs. No way. We're just going to dive in. First, we should say for the people out there that don't know you, give us a little bit, you know, tell us about yourself. Okay. yeah. <laughs> Before well. we dive in, because we're going straight into topics, right? <laughs> right.
1: Well, that's what we do normally when we that's hang true. out, man. And uh, you know, I admire you very much. Likewise. And uh, we, we've known each other since we were in middle school, back since the early 90s, back in the... Uh, um, the Naughty by Nature days, the yeah. <laughs> the,
0: the um, Voice to Men days, right? I remember those, uh, those school dances, and then I listened to those same songs that we were dancing at the school dances, and I'm like, we had no business listening to these lyrics. <laughs> Somebody rockin' knocking those yeah, boots.
1: Right? Exactly. In middle school. And yeah. they were, I
0: think, too. In middle school. Yeah. There were
1: some kids that were actually <laughs> knocking boots. They,
0: they would go around with the flashlight. Do you remember that? Oh, like, yeah, hey, yeah, I need yeah. to see space between you and the great. girl.
1: Yes, man. <laughs> some great songs, man. Mariah Carey uh yeah. had, some, had some hits out that at that time, too. Yeah. And uh Vanilla
0: but, Ice, Boys to Men. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And
1: <laughs> Uh, it was it was a, it was a good time to be to be, uh, you know, because now the '90s are back in style, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Even the
0: clothing, the docs are coming back. Doc Martens. Yeah, even the Doc Martens. Yeah. Right. I I'm about it. to bust out my jenkos.
1: <laughs> People are starting to do that too, yeah. right? It, I, it, some yeah.
0: of, I've seen some women starting to wear
1: the they call them flare bottoms, right? Not yeah. The, not they don't call not them jenkos. The yeah. yeah. Yeah, like jenko style, right? Right, right. But I'm supposed to I'm supposed to say my name. Exactly. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we got off on a tangent, but just
0: you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. And then more importantly, tell us about your company because you're an entrepreneur and you launched something that's super relevant with everything going on in the tech space right now.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. My name is Greg Hallman, and uh, the name of my company is called Occupath, O-C-U-P-A-T-H. And uh, we started Occupath almost four years ago. And basically, we are a virtual reality company here in Oklahoma City, and we focus on uh, ed tech, educational technology, and the technology we use the most is virtual reality. Yeah, and we use virtual reality to uh, create uh, training content for employers. Um, most of our work has been with the Department of Defense.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah, and uh, you had several contracts there. And um, my co-founder is Chris Lucas, and Chris Lucas, you know, couldn't be with us tonight. Yeah. Shout out to Chris. Shout Lucas. out Chris. <laughs> yeah.
0: Next time. <laughs> right next yeah. time,
1: and uh, so we we you know we're just grinding away. Chris Lucas is a serial entrepreneur. You know, got, got his hands in a lot of different businesses and investments, and and uh, so he's a uh, he, he's a heavy hitter, and he he's, he has a lot of the qualities that I don't have. Um, you know, uh, for example, he has way more experience uh, running a business than I do. And, yeah. uh, as a program manager, um, you know, sales. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's uh, whenever he uh, uh, agreed to, to join up, to join forces with me, um, you know, that that's when the company started to grow. Yeah,
0: that's like uh, super important, right? Instead of like you trying to become more like, uh, I guess, in that particular area that you're lacking, like more skilled, like just hire or source, right, like for that skill. So if you can find somebody, a co-founder that can complement what you don't like doing or maybe you're not as good at like that's almost like a business hack right like
1: yeah and, and you know and and as he and his wife often say his wife is erica lucas you know nobody builds companies on their own right yep. and uh, you know it's very few people that have created a, a business empire where they're you know they were the only person involved they built it by themselves right
0: know? tell me about it I'm, i've been trying for years <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> nothing yet and so
1: <laughs> there's there's something to be said about you know finding the right co-founder but at the same time it's almost like a marriage you know since it's so true um you're so into it you spend so much time with the person and so i'm lucky that uh, that he you know not only did he um see interest in or like he saw something in me and the idea to where he invested money as an angel investor yeah but also the value add as an investor like to help you know, i'm gonna not only am i gonna help support this idea I'm gonna come in and help you build it too.
0: A little sweat equity right there. Exactly. Yeah,
1: so, yeah sort of like that. And uh, we've been um, we've been all over the place from Orlando to uh, New Mexico doing things and uh, and you know um, so it's it's been a lot of fun and, and um, very fortunate you know to put food on the table that way. Yeah.
0: So tell me, how did that idea even come about? Right? Because you know when I think about what you went to college for and what you studied. Yeah, uh, I didn't see virtual reality <laughs> at the end of that, right? No, so you're right. How did that come about? Well, like, what made you like say, like, I want to do this?
1: Well, so there's, it's a, it, it's a good story, and I have to mention also that not only have we been friends since middle school, but I was, I feel that I'm very fortunate that we got to spend time together in in college too. True, very true. And uh, so you know, we went to U together. And we, uh, uh, we, you know, we studied different things of course, and I ended up st- kind of going down the path of education. Yeah. Right. And so even when I went to grad school in New York, I went off to Columbia to study. I, uh, I studied education and, but when I came back after finishing my master's, one of the things I wanted to do was uh, I wanted to do something in educational
0: media, specifically educational television. Yeah. Cause I think I remember you trying to do the educational route, but you tell me, were you just like not happy there? Or, you know, I know just me knowing you personally, you're a very creative person. So if they tell you like, you know, this is your classroom, this is your textbook, you got to teach these chapters, being creative, I don't know if that sort of feels like a limitation.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, in a way there were some challenges, you know, to be in a classroom teacher. I did work as a classroom teacher and uh, I enjoyed it very much and uh, um, had a lot of great kids in the classroom. And I love, you know, seeing them having their aha moments right, and seeing them progress and grow as, as a student, as a person. Yeah. And, uh, and we got to do some fun things too. Like you talk about, you know, being creative and I'm talking about educational media. We had uh, brought in some uh, software. This was sixth grade Spanish class and okay. I told them, okay, for your final project, Instead of, you know, writing an essay or something like that, I want you to create a video. So everybody had to create a video using Spanish vocabulary that they were trying to learn. And we were using an app called GoAnimate. You remember that?
0: No, I don't think I've heard that. So is that like a video editor or what is that?
1: Yes, it's a video editor, but also more than anything, it's it was uh, automatically animates text. So it had Uh, kind of had a a lip syncing uh, element to it. You'd put in some text and it would move the mouth of of a 2d animation animated and it was rigged too so you could say walk and it would and it would do the walk cycle of animation uh, that's cool and uh so but it's not around anymore but back then a lot of people were doing it okay and it's sort of what you're seeing now on on instagram and, and tiktok where people are using the text-to-speech it had text-to-speech okay you know and uh so you type something in and they'd have these little scenarios like my kids do a lot of it too um it's kind of like a gotcha club uh, it's the same thing where you can pick the backgrounds, change the backgrounds. You can make the characters bigger, smaller. So we did that in the classroom. So that was kind of a way to be creative. And when I was going to college in New York, I interned at Sesame Street for a year.
0: Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. every time I tell somebody yeah. I was an intern <laughs> at Sesame Street, they're like,
1: were you big bird? <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> I'm so tall, right? But uh, I'm glad at least they don't say I'm a Snuffleupagus, exactly. right? Exactly. Snuffleupagus. Uh, but anyways, uh, so while I was there, I did half of my internship in the research department and half of it in the production department. Very cool. So I got to see them recording live at a studio in uh, in Queens called uh, the uh, Kaufman Studios in Astoria, Queens, and they were recording Elmo's World, okay, know, a, a show within a show of Disney or of, of uh, uh, Sesame Street at that time. So, uh, you know, I got to see the guy who voiced um, uh, Elmo, Elmo back then, Kevin Clash. He he was he was the puppeteer back then, in charge oh. of all the puppeteers and making a lot of money. He <laughs> he, he did really well, and um, so that was a lot of fun. So I got to see the production side of things. And like, so I told you the studio is in Queens. So if anybody tells you how, how to get to, to get, how do you get to Sesame Street? Yeah. You just tell them to get on the N train, take it all the way to the Queensbridge. <laughs> can you tell me how to get <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and get off in the story? that's how you get to Sesame Street. So I got to see the studio. I got to put my head inside Oscar. The grouches is trash can. It's amazing. And yeah. uh, I got to see all the, the, I got to see where they made the puppets, the Jim Henson studio in, in, yeah. a, diff, in a different part of New York. And uh, so, yeah, it was, uh, it was eye open experience. And because of that, I wanted to come back and start my own children's television show here, which is an, another project that we worked on.
0: <laughs> Very true. On, yeah. the,
1: on Spanish TV, on, on Univision, and on Telemundo here in Oklahoma City, we bought airtime on Saturday. because At first, we tried to get them to let us do a show and said, you know, uh, uh, we'll create the show for free if you, if you let us use the airtime. You know, they were sort of new. It was sort of Spanish TV was sort of new in OKC at that time. This is 2006. And so they weren't quite ready for it. So I said, okay, well, if, if we buy airtime, they have to let us on. True. <laughs> so the, the idea was to get sponsors or what have you to, to buy this airtime, right? Yeah. And, you know, it, 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 we, had a, we had one season. Right? It, was, it, it was, was good. It was six yeah. months worth of content. And then you know? I
0: remember that uh, you would bring live audiences from uh, different schools, right? And it would be almost like a field trip for them, right? Yes. And, what? and the kids would light up, like they would enjoy like the live audience aspect and seeing the jokes and everything.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and, we, and we came out together. I mean, <laughs> that's what I was trying to say, that we, we, were, we would do scenes together where you and I would do these jokes. And, uh, but at the same time, it was, it was educational, right? So we, yeah. did, we did these like math, we did a math activity one time with the patterns and they were second graders trying to learn patterns as part of their math class. And, uh, and we were teaching English um, so yeah it was uh, it, w- it was a lot of fun and um, we had people in a lot of different people from the community on the show. Yep, my mom was on the show for for the Mother's Day episode and uh, so that was fun too. And, and also my whole family got involved. My dad was behind the scenes he helped
0: create the set. Yeah, I remember the the benches that he created. We're like super sturdy. Like yeah. He's like, no kid's going to get hurt here ever. <laughs> we're like, exactly. I'm going to make 1,000% You know, sure that this is sturdy. <laughs> right. And,
1: and as a matter of fact, the reason I, one of the reasons I even did the show, cause I said, you know, the interest of educational technology, educational media. But another reason I want to do that show is because my dad would always tell me about a kid's show that he would watch yeah. here in Oklahoma called Foreman Scotty back in the 60s. And Foreman Scotty was the same format. He was like a a cowboy character. Okay. And he had live audience. Because this was back in the days when Bozo the Clown was starting. So live audiences were common back then, right? Yeah. Bozo the Clown in Chicago. And uh, so I was like, you know, I want to have a live show. It's going to be a cowboy, Foreman Scotty, but in Spanish, right? Yeah. And uh, so that was a lot of fun to be able to work with him on that. My brother Josh helped me too with artwork for the show. Yeah. And...
0: um, So I guess now that I putting all these pieces together i guess the road was there right like you were mixing education and media all the way through right we just we just never really (laughs) noticed well yeah i know and because maybe you did
1: (laughs) yeah you know i if you yeah it was it was like it was like a plan but 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 when we were working on that children's television show obviously you know virtual reality was just you know a sci-fi thing that you know, people hoped one day we would have, and there was some research done, yeah. even as far back as the 60s, but it never really materialized. And so in term, and specifically, specifically, so you can kind of see how it was building towards doing this, but specifically the exact moment, I can tell you the exact moment it happened, it was in late 2017. At that time, I was working at Oklahoma City Community College okay. in a program with high school students helping them to get ready for college. So in that program, we would have high school students come and you know they would learn about why they should go to college what they could study in college is that where you met uh willie he was telling me about he met you along the way we, i met him when, yeah i met him <laughs> yeah. when he was in high school we yeah. not there oh, okay when i used to work as a teacher at santa fe south high school uh, okay shout out willie yes, yeah he was on the, yes. yeah, on the pod too <laughs> yes and we're also <laughs> yeah. fraternity brothers too and uh, yeah a leader in the community him him and his wife power couple yeah and uh great story i mean uh, you guys should. if you haven't seen that episode you should go back and check out that episode on youtube of. With, with Willie Morales, Guillermo yeah, Morales. 1,000%. Yeah. Yes. And uh, uh, the link is in the description. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, so um, at, at OCCC, I'm working with these high school kids. Uh-huh. And then we would also try to get them job-shattering opportunities. Right? Okay. So they would come in and, like, for example, this one kid came in and said, I don't know if I want to be an occupational therapist or a physical therapist. What's the difference? God, And I was like, you know, that's a good question. Let's look it up. Uh, you know, trying to help them figure out their college life, their college path. Right. Yeah. So I said, you know what you need to do? We need to get you um, a job shadowing experience where you can spend half a day with a physical therapist and half a day with an occupational therapist. Yeah. So I called around some places and we found where they we found him and he went and he realized, you know, he he got to see what it was like, you know. And, uh, and then somebody else came along and said, you know, I'd like to shadow a lawyer. So we found a lawyer for him to shadow,
0: but it was kind of hard because not everybody wants some high school kid to come spend several hours. Right. And him. those, those more traditional paths are probably easier to find somebody. Right. But what if a kid's like, I want to be an astronaut.
1: Exactly. So, <laughs> so you know where I'm going with this, yeah, right? Yeah. There was a young lady that came in and said, I want to be a Marine biologist. Okay. Yeah. And, and you're Oklahoma- like, let's go take a, a field trip to Lake Hefner. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, in, here we are in Oklahoma, landlocked, you know, no, no access to an ocean, right? Um, it, you know, ocean's too far away. Yeah. I thought, okay, well, maybe I can have her do a, um, something at the zoo or something like that. But okay. uh, because she was under 18, there was a lot of red tape and you know, a lot of hoops to go through. And I thought, well, how am I going to do this? I said, if only there was a way to where I could have her virtually go And see what it's like to be a marine biologist, like somebody that's recording um, their experience, uh, a day in the life of a marine biologist. The light bulb. Yes, that's (laughs) that's what happened. But back then when I had the idea, I just wrote it down. Because I see I have this app called Evernote and I keep track of all my business ideas. ideas? Yeah, whether it's a product or service or... A new food item. Yeah. Like, I write it down. That's <laughs> awesome. I do <laughs> yeah. the same thing. <laughs> That's good, man. I wanna I want to see your list. You you'd be like scared. You're like, what, what is this? <laughs> like, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> Some, but but yeah. you gotta write it down. Even True. the crazy stuff, True. right? Like yeah. I, sometimes I'll go looking through my list and I'm like, what was I thinking? <laughs> it's, it's you know, um something ridiculous like uh you know uh an ice cream that you eat on a Frisbee. While you're horseback riding, I'm like, what was I thinking? You know, sometimes yep. it'll be late at night, and I'll have a dream about something, and I'll yeah. I'll, I'll write it down. But uh, but so I just wrote down this idea: VR job shadowing. Mm-hmm. And so several months later, I'm looking in the Gazette. I'm reading the Gazette, and I see that the Oklahoma City Thunder is teaming up with this nonprofit called Stitch Crew. Yeah, which you know Erica and Chris Lucas, and and Gabby, uh, Erica's sister, are they, they do Stitch Crew. So, um, I, you know, they said they're looking to help businesses to accelerate. You know, take. Your, do you have a business idea that you want help taking to the next level? Join our join our program. They're their inaugural first year. Cool. And I said, you know, I wonder which of the idea, these ideas. I went scrolling through the ideas because and and they wanted they had different categories, and one of the categories was educational technology. I'm, oh well, I'm, I'm all about educational technology. You're like
0: I've got something in my notes right here, huh? Yeah. And I was like, which of these
1: ideas? Yeah could actually make money right yep. and uh so i was looking through and that's
0: when i saw the vr job shadowing and
1: and i think i even told you but didn't, didn't we talk about this too? i think we if yeah. i
0: remember we we had lunch and we were talking about it over lunch at the Thai place right the yeah. the buffet right exactly yeah because we're always pitching ideas like hey what do you think about this you know how do you yes. think we can monetize this or whatever right that's right yeah we've been doing that for years yeah. man and so you told me about it and you're like you think that there's something here i'm like yeah but I don't know where to start Like, I don't know much about virtual reality. So maybe for the people listening, tell us the difference between virtual reality and augmented reality. Sure.
1: And, and any reality, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so virtual reality and augmented reality are, are getting discussed a lot lately. And also a term called the metaverse. Yep. It's a lot, there's a lot going on in, in, um, in media. People are talking about it a lot. In, so on social media, what have you on the news. And I, I, mainly work in virtual reality and virtual reality is this idea that whatever you see your entire vision is covered by something that was created on a computer. Okay. It could be a video that is recording everything at the same time, up, down, left, right, in a sphere, and the sphere gets put over your over your vision, but that's still virtual. It's so
0: everything is encompassed in this thing, right? Like right, so the you, headset. You yeah. don't get to interface with anything in real life.
1: Right. Everything you see is not real it's all digital it's all computerized right whether it's a computerized video of something that was real when it was recorded or something that was created in a computer completely like a 3d model like something like Fortnite, something like a you know a video game type thing and so those are the two types of uh uh, the two opposite spectrums of of what you would see when you put on a a vr headset You, you nothing that you see is in the room with you it's all in the headset and was created on a computer if you will Right. Uh, or c- recorded previously, right? Um, but augmented reality is different because augmented reality is whenever you see the real world and something digital or something fake it's superimposed
0: over it. So there is like a layer, right? So I could be seeing you, but then I could say maybe a layer like, this is Greg, here's his Twitter. Like, right. right. Or the
1: weather. Weather. Yeah. yeah. and Or like the example that a lot of people know about is Pokemon Go. Like my boys... I'm, I'm, my boys are here. Daniel and Gabriel are here and they really like Pokemon. Yeah. And Pokemon Go is a, is an app that they've done. And that's one of the best examples of augmented reality because, um, you know, the, the Pokemon themselves are superimposed on where you are, wherever you are out in the world. And, and, and in a way to, even if the whole screen is, is all digital, it's still based on GPS coordinates. So it's like, it tells you to go to, you know, this sign over here at the park. Right. And they, they tell me, daddy, daddy, let's drive over here to this park. Where can you take me here? In this church, like two two blocks down, and we we just you know sometimes go around and hunt Pokemon. And,
0: and you don't see that right? Like so, if you don't have the phone or the glasses to see this virtual thing, you don't see it right. So there could be like a Pokemon right here, but you don't know unless you have like the viewer, basically, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: So so that's augmented reality, and and in my personal
1: opinion, I think that at some point, it's all going to mesh together. To where you have one device that you could do VR or AR. Because it's not like one is better than the other. They're, they're different. They complement each other. But they're just like, you know, uh, one's a screwdriver and one's a hammer. You, yeah. You well, have
0: different needs. If you ask me, I would say that for the normal people, it's probably easier to understand augmented reality. And it's probably easier for them to adapt augmented reality. Right. Because yeah. we've already seen some tech companies, you know, play around with glasses. Right. So you just put on glasses you can still see, you can still do things in real life, but you've got this other layer on top of that. So yeah, I, that's and for me, just personally, just knowing like, you know, people don't like change and people aren't as nerdy as us. Well, that, well that's true, <laughs> and it ta-
1: and it's going to take a while before it gets to where more and more people think it's normal, right? To, right. I mean, it, it. It. I feel like it took a while for people to get used to even just iPads, you know. Uh, touchscreens in general right like that True. you know
0: i'm sure you were one of the early adopters of, of iphones and the touchscreen yep 2007 yeah sleep sleeping outside the store standing in line to make sure you get the iphone you remember those days oh yeah did, yeah. did you do that yeah. in 2007 back, back in the day you yeah know, yeah not the later models but back in the day <laughs> yeah. right right now you just pay somebody else to go right to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah
1: but eventually more and more people are going to be using the uh yeah, augmented reality virtual reality i agree with you augmented reality is a, is a good like introductory introduction into what's called virtual worlds or this idea of the metaverse yeah and you know when we talk about the metaverse we should talk about the metaverse now right yeah because
0: because pe- people think well for one people think that the metaverse is just one thing but facebook is creating a metaverse microsoft mm-hmm. is creating a metaverse right so to me i don't know which one of those is going to take off, right? Because they're both huge tech companies. Mm-hmm. But I would say that it's just like an environment that's all virtual and you can buy stuff in it, which is something new, right? Like Web 3.0 is you can own stuff now, right? In, in the virtual space. Exactly. Right?
1: Yeah. And ever since October of last year, whenever Facebook changed their name to Meta, to Meta, yeah. And um, Mark Zuckerberg. You know, talked about the metaverse and how that's, you know, their, their vision for the future as a company, they're going to focus on that.
0: Yeah. Shout uh, out Mark. He's a huge, uh, you know, subscriber. Right. States, so shout, out, <laughs> shout out Zuck. Right. <laughs> yeah. MZ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As we like to call him, right? The <laughs> yeah. busy guy, man. Yeah.
1: He's, you know, and he it never yeah, stops. I man. always invite
0: him to the carne asada. He can't make it anymore. So <laughs> right. many things keeping him busy. He says that yeah. he only eats meat that he himself
1: has has hunted. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He he was going. He did. He had a phase of that, <laughs> from what I heard. But but because he, everybody knows him because he's such a, a you know, uh, a huge uh, influence, a big a big personality on the yeah. on the international stage. When he starts talking about the metaverse people start listening right so he changes his number the name of the, the business the, the entire corporation is now meta
0: and of course they own
1: vr a vr company a VR they, headset. they
0: acquired it right like they just bought uh oculus right right the, the oculus
1: yeah. back then it was called oculus rift they bought that several years ago and that was the first big thing like turning heads like why did facebook buy that yeah
0: and they have bought up several other related businesses this is going back to just you know if you're not good at something when you're that big you just acquire a business like you were talking about your business partner he's good at this they saw Instagram right and they're like hey we're gonna buy Instagram
1: yes yes and then and they bought um of course several years ago they bought WhatsApp right and and I saw a funny meme with Ninel Conde she said Mark Zuckerberg is so dumb he paid you know billions of dollars for WhatsApp you can download it for free (laughs) <laughs> nice <laughs> yep. but, uh, but anyway so uh so the metaverse right it's i'm trying to say it's very buzzy right yep. Pe- people are talking about it a lot and my kids live in the metaverse right now right, right. daniel and gabriel love to do roblox really okay. roblox is a metaverse yeah right yep. and daniel and gabriel like to do fortnite and Fortnite
0: is also a metaverse. Right. We right? just never thought about these things that way. Right. But if you think about it, there's, there's own like money inside this new virtual land. Right. Yeah. And you can buy things and you can buy like, uh, different things to wear. Right. Like you can buy like upgrades. Right. And oh, so yeah. now all that's becoming a more legit thing. Right. So if we talk about the metaverse, like people are buying like plots of land, like mm-hmm. if it's like. You know real real estate so oh yeah people are wanting to be snoop dog's neighbor in the metaverse <laughs> exactly right? yeah you saw yeah. that you saw yeah. the article right yeah and <laughs> yeah. even
1: even life church i heard recently um you know a oklahoma-based church with all well, locations all throughout all through the united states i heard that they are now doing uh um they have a, um i think it was an alt vr okay they have uh, some digital space now and uh, yeah it's it's amazing what's happening um So, you know, when you talk about the, the, the metaverse, you can, you know, like, it's just like you said, it's this whole other digital world where you have another life, right? Right. And there, you have to be cautious with it too. It's not like, like you said, nobody knows who's going to,
0: who's going to do well and who's going to bust. That's the thing, right? Like you're, you're spending real money to buy these virtual like properties, right? Mm -hmm. But what if Facebook's, you know, metaverse doesn't take off? What if it's Microsoft? Right.
1: right. Like the Facebook phone, for example, didn't take <laughs> yeah. off and uh, Google. Microsoft Glasses. phone. <laughs> yeah. The Zoom. <laughs> yeah. The Zoom didn't yeah. do well. Yeah. And uh, and you t- talk about uh, a multiverse and um, and the people having their second life digital. Like there was a company Second Life in 2007 that you would go in and you would walk around in the digital places and do, attend concerts. Yep. and they have different events
0: conferences in second life and in the metaverse you can be whoever you want right so i'm telling you now in the metaverse i'm going to be skinny i'm <laughs> going to be good looking right like i'm going to i'm going to know how to play instruments
1: bro, right we got to get the voltron we got to do the lions right <laughs> exactly. metaverse yeah we're going to yeah. have all the lions assembled i like it we, yeah. since
0: we both like voltron Yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah so that's the cool thing too i guess is that you can be anybody you want yeah. in in the metaverse right like it doesn't have to be you you can make your character look like you but that's not necessarily like a requirement no right?
1: yeah you're right and and second life was doing that in 2007 and and they didn't make it like so they they yeah. shut down right and people were buying real estate you know digital real estate back then too in, in in second life so you know it's it's still it's still not it's not a guarantee but there's so much excitement about it and uh, and yeah i mean i personally think it's not going to go away everybody is hype and anxiously waiting to see what apple does yeah in this world
0: i i think the the glasses like they're gonna nail it because if it's one thing that apple can do is create hardware that's elegant mm-hmm. and that people like want to like use it right like it becomes a, a fashion statement almost right oh yeah right so people want google it. tried it but you know their glasses were a little bit too nerdy i think
1: yeah and and, and yeah and they didn't have the same they don't have the same pull still as uh as Facebook like the same I'm sorry as, as Apple they don't have the same what am I trying to say like the same influence right
0: because Apple's almost like uh like I would almost consider them as like a luxury like right. good right like yeah. they tell you our MacBook Pro is three thousand five thousand dollars right and people pay it because it's Apple and they know that it's almost like a status or it's mm-hmm. almost like you get the people that fight hardcore for Apple versus Windows, right? Like it's right. it's almost like a lifestyle. <laughs> it's yeah, crazy. right? It's like a lifestyle, yeah. right?
1: And and uh, and you know, you know, there's a certain branding. There's a certain vibe, a certain feel, a certain emotion, even yeah. when you think of Apple, right? And it's gonna. You're right. I think it's gonna translate over to the to the whatever whatever they put out for. Uh, extended reality
0: headset, glasses, yep. what have you? So not financial advice, but if I were you, I would buy Apple stock right now because wow. when those glasses are launched, their, stock, gonna go their stock is going to go up. Buy now before yeah. it goes up again? Yeah. yeah. Not financial advice. <laughs> <laughs> right?
1: Yeah. Man, how long have you been investing in Apple?
0: Man, it's been a long time and I just add over time, right? Because it's it's been consistent, right? Like Apple stock has been, pretty consistent right? so when there is a dip like man I, I try to take advantage and buy some shares whenever it dips for sure
1: wouldn't have been it would have been awesome if you would have invested back when um, forrest gump invest in, invested in invested <laughs> thought it was a fruit company <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly yeah no it's and so i'm i'm really excited about these glasses they're going to put out yeah. i think it's like you said i think it's just going to blow up people are going to want them supposedly they're going to be released this year and uh you know there's been leak leaks as you as as often happens, right. I mean, when you think about Apple, the only hardware device that I could think of that has that hasn't done well, Apple. I'm not talking about you know Steve Jobs whenever he did his own thing, it was NXT or something like that. Yep. But Apple themselves, they had the Newton. Remember you know about the True. Newton? You remember yeah. that, right? Yeah. And that didn't take off. Right. But could that have been that it was too early? People weren't ready for tablets. You know, personal PDAs right? It was called yep. PDA. Yep. Personal,
0: personal data assistant. D- there you yeah. go.
1: Yep. And, um, so Newton was, was, um, a bust back then. Right. Mm-hmm. But I mean, what, what was that? 30 years ago, something like that. Yeah. And so, um, so now, you know, is this going to be another Newton like failure or is it going to be, you know, the iPod, the iPad. Right right
0: apple has so much cash and reserves i don't understand why they don't just acquire like what they're trying to do man because it's crazy like they no. could be their own bank and, <laughs> and in fact they are going to release a payment uh, system no with, with apple devices is that right? yeah so wow. huge competition to like companies like square like, I bet right now they're like, oh, crap, <laughs> <Square shaking laughs> like, in their boots, like right? Apple's about to enter the space. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Square come
1: from the, the Twitter founder. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which yeah. he's
0: doing really cool stuff, too. With uh, now it's called Block. Right. Oh, he changed, so, yeah. they, they changed it the into Block, right? Yeah. Because he, the- he left he uh, left Twitter and now he's going to focus on crypto and focus on finance and DeFi. So now that company is called Block.
1: Yeah. Wow! Yeah. No, it, and it's 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 crazy. Shout out Jack
0: Dorsey, another huge uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> listener of the pod. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah.
1: As a Matter of fact, that story of of Mark Zuckerberg hunting meat came from Jack Dorsey. Oh, really? They okay. were having dinner together. Nice. And Mark Zuckerberg said, "Try this meat, yeah. this goat. You know, I slaughtered it myself, or wow. something like that." Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta look up that <laughs> crazy, crazy story. But but yeah, I mean, there's there's so much going on, and and you know, um, to be in to be in the VR space. You know, it's exciting, you know, to kind of be, I mean, we weren't super
0: early, but also not, you know,
1: very late. I mean,
0: it's still super early, right? Because if you think about normal consumers, they probably still don't know, they don't understand what the metaverse is, what virtual reality is. Nobody is probably rocking with the, you know, headset just yet, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's becoming more popular and I see kids sort of, you know, gravitating towards that, but. Oh yeah. Like, well, my, my kids, Daniel and Gabriel like
1: to be in VR they uh the, they play like, things like a creed the the apollo no apollo creed, yeah the the rocky balboa boxing app yeah um daniel really gets into it and he's over there trying to tell me right now an app that he does <laughs> on oculus <laughs> rec room okay yeah okay. rec room is kind of like <laughs> the roblox version in VR, Roblox in VR. I just
0: always see the fail videos where people have the virtual reality and then they're trying to like balance or jump <laughs> through something and then like they run into their television and crack it. or Oh something, man, right? yes,
1: <laughs> and could and that could be a reason why VR doesn't take off. Yeah, right. Yeah. The fact that you don't want to be shut off from the rest of the world, the fact that you don't want to be in the dark, right? You, and that's you know can't see. But lives.
0: I mean, that's how technology starts, right? When it's first rolled out it's clunky like it's goofy looking like nobody was like i don't want to use that thing right like the same thing was said probably about the computer right? Like think that's not never going to take off like i can read the newspaper right here i can touch it mm-hmm. you know why would i want to go to this website and read the news right
1: yes exactly so it, it, it could go a lot of different ways and it, and if you think about it if we would have been trying to do things i mean it kind of feels weird because we were in college kind of whenever Social media was just getting off the ground, and yeah. And well, you know.
0: I mean, we've heard, right? Like, we're not that old, but oh, right? right, right. We've, we've heard that, <laughs> oh, you know, there was a time where social media wasn't around, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, we,
1: yeah. we were in kindergarten. Yeah, right? we, yeah. We, we, we like to, to read about
0: history. We like to, you know, were you like, buffs.
1: were you like me to where when you were younger, did teachers and grownups try to tell you the future is computers? You got to get into computers. That's the future. No one ever told no, you. No,
0: because I, I, where I went to school. Funding was not a thing, right? <laughs> so we had like one computer and it was dial up internet, but nobody was allowed to use it because it was so expensive to to get on the internet. So I never got to use a computer until I got to college. Oh wow. So I was kind of like behind the curve. I had to learn programming, I had to learn about computers, website, like in college, some of these kids had been using it, you know, all throughout high school. Right.
1: You know? Right. But you never you never heard so you didn't get to use computers when you were in middle school or high school but did people tell you the future is computers you and Not really. Know, no. On the news. Because where yeah.
0: I went they were like, "Hey, you should consider, you know, a trade school." <laughs> yeah. right. You know, which is army. cool, you right? Do- which is cool. Yeah, yeah army too, <laughs> you know, cuz they're like these kids probably don't have the resources to pay for college. If you signed up, you know, going to the Navy's a great career, kid, you know, but, Yeah. And that's fine if that's your thing, but when it's not, like, I feel like that's the wrong advice to give to somebody, right? Like, let them dream and they'll figure it out along right. the way. No, you, that, yeah. that's a very good, very good
1: point, man. And and yeah, it, you also bring up something important talking about um, educational equity, you know, opportunities. Yeah. That's what I like about VR is if we can get VR into the rural schools through VR, you can experience things and, and, and do things that you, know, that you wouldn't be able to do normally.
0: Right. So we're talking about Snoop Dogg buying Death Row imagine if you could do virtual reality to the guy that's in the studio mixing the next record. Oh yeah. And then you could see like how they sort of their workflow and their process. Right. Right. So you could like work with the greatest all around the world. You're not limited just because you're not, you know, in the West coast or East coast. Right. right.
1: Or you talk about California on field trip to go see the, uh, you know, California redwoods in, in the forest or like uh, Yellowstone or, um, no, not Yellowstone, um, y- Yosemite yeah. uh, National Park. And, um, you know, or maybe, you know, in your state, there is this teacher that is known for being an awesome chemistry teacher, awesome, you know, whatever, physics teacher, history teacher, but only certain kids get to see that teacher. Well, in VR, everybody can be in that class yeah. and, you know, live or pre-recorded and have the best seat in class too, Very learning, true. learning from the best teacher. So you can replicate that person. As a yeah. matter of fact, I think, I think your audience might find this interesting. So there's an acronym, uh, like a, like a mnemonic that, that we use when we talk to clients to help them to, um, decide when is a good time to use VR for, for their purposes, mainly for training. Okay. And so that acronym is T E C H tech. Okay. Okay. And the T stands for timing. So if, if a company's training has timing constraints that's a good time to use vr for example in vr it can always be winter in
0: vr it could always be night it could always be day that's true you can change the conditions right like right raining if you're uh you know training for snow or whatever low visibility fog right right
1: in in vr it's always black friday Mm -hmm. right so walmart uses vr to train managers on how to handle the black friday rush and it can, you can always be in the Black Friday rush, even if it's January, cool. right? Yeah. So that's the T for timing constraints. Um, and then the E stands for exaggerated situation. So if your training is limited because it's, it, would, it would be too exaggerated to take 200 employees and shrink them down to the size of Ant-Man, put them underground so they can see what this oil drill, this oil well drill does underground. That's cool. That's exaggerated to think that you would do that in real life. It's exaggerated to think that you could take them and have put, put 200 trainees, you know, 10,000 feet floating above the training site. Yeah. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids did that way before (laughs) school. Right. Yeah. I've heard. uh, Yeah. yeah. Going back to history class. Right. (laughs) Right. I used to love that show. My brothers and I would watch Honey, I Shrunk the Kids over and over again. Wow. I wanted to do that. But so, if a training is too exaggerated
0: to do in real life, you can do it in VR. Could that also be if something is too dangerous? Like, let's say you're training for a plane losing an engine. Right. Would that fall into that?
1: We, we put that under H for hazardous. Oh, okay. So anytime a training situation is hazardous, you know, or somebody could be, get hurt, too perilous, you're too dangerous. Uh-huh. In VR, you never die. In sure. VR, if you, if you accidentally cut off your hand in VR, it's okay because yeah. it's just a virtual hand, right? Yeah. And the C stands for costly. If if training is ever too costly, it's it's too costly to take, um, you know, a thousand people from an, from a certain spot and have them train at this other facility. Um, it's too costly to to build an aircraft just to blow it up, so people can learn what to do in that situation. That's too costly. Yeah. But in VR, you know, you can create anything in VR, the virtual version of it. And if it breaks, you press a button and it's fixed again. It's Fixed. Awesome. Right.
0: So walk me through. I don't think you've ever told me this story. Walk me through the first time you're trying to pitch your virtual reality to your first customer. What was that like? What did? How did you prepare? What What did you develop to show them and sell them on this idea? So you talking about the first customer to actually pay, or the first customer that I ever that we ever talked to? Tell me both. Okay. But I think the the pay one for sure because that that one definitely like says, okay, there's something here, but tell me both.
1: Yeah. yeah. So one of the first ones we talked to um, here in
0: Oklahoma, it's a
1: manufacturing company. So I won't say who it is, but it's one of the, the biggest companies in uh, in Oklahoma making like valves and different uh, uh, equipment or pieces of equipment that for the oil, oil and gas industry. Okay. Right. And so we're like, hey, you know, basically, the pitch that I just gave. Yeah. If you have any of these training, we can come in and, and we can modernize your training. And, um, you can, you can do, uh, quizzes inside of VR and, um, fail scenarios and any kind of training you want. Like your best person that's been here 40 years is about to retire. True. Or might pass away. Let's get their knowledge captured so that there's not knowledge loss, which is yeah. something that a lot of industries are, are battling with, struggling with. So, but the problem there was what I call, um, you know, customer education, right? Um, it it was a, it was too uh, too
0: steep of a hill to climb to teach them what virtuality is. Right? Yeah, because you almost have to educate them on the thing first before you can even sell them the product, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, and it's also it's also hard sometimes too to get uh, people to spend money on training because sometimes companies don't see the value in increasing what they're spending in training because. They don't see that that will also increase performance and decrease accidents and decrease mistakes. And, and also the, the, the less time you have to spend training someone, that's the faster they can start working and making you money. Yeah. So that the customer education side is, is tough. So, so first you got the hill of why should I pay more for training? I already do training.
0: Right. We've we've got these notebooks right here, buddy. They've been working for years. Exactly. Or the
1: PowerPoints. (laughs) Right. Stuff that people hate, don't actually learn from, you know? Yeah or it's not as likely that they'll retain the knowledge. And, um, and then, then on top of that is what's VR, and I don't get it, and yeah. And so
0: they, they were like, no, we don't see it? or Right,
1: and that was early on, yeah. yeah. So you know, uh, we'll get back to you, right? Yeah, well, not right now. And that happened with a restaurant, too. There was a local restaurant we were talking to, and they just weren't into it. And uh, you know, we, we, we knew someone in on the inside, and we thought you know, this person's in charge of training, it's gonna be a good big you know, a good idea. Yeah. But again, it was like mm, they weren't just really into it. Like if you could think back trying to talk to somebody in the early in the late nineties, early two thousands on why they should have a website.
0: Right. You probably remember people were like, Well, I don't need that. Even, like, now. <laughs> Even now. Even <laughs> now. Like All I'm right. still surprised. Like we're in twenty twenty two and I go to some place to eat and I try to pull up the menu or I try to see reviews and they're like nowhere to be found. Wow, they don't have a website. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Isn't that, that crazy? Man, that just amazes me. Like if, if you're not online right now, you basically don't exist.
1: Well, you're you know? right. And, and it, it was the same way with credit cards, too. Like, there was a long, a, long, a long time, or there was a time when restaurants, like, in the 80s and 90s wouldn't have a credit card machine because it was this new thing. I mean, credit cards didn't start till the 70s, right? Right. So they, the restaurants were like, no, nah, we're good still with cash. Yeah. And, but seeing people leave. Right. Oh, you don't take credit card. Uh, I'm going to go to the next place.
0: Right. And, uh, and even like uh, people were afraid to put your credit card online. Right. Like don't pay for anything online because the hacker is going to get your information. Right. Yeah. And now it's like, hey, can you Venmo me? Can you cash at me? Like <laughs> exactly. It, <laughs> yeah. you, you can't stop the technology. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: And so it's it's the same thing now happening with the VR stuff. Right. And then whenever we pitched to our first paying customer, it was the U.S. Navy. Wow. And they had a sort of like a request for a proposal. They said, we're, we have this training where we're training junior flight officers on the physics of underwater acoustics. Why? Because it's part of anti-submarine warfare. So okay. still now, even to this day, the best way to know what's in the water next to you. you know, sonar. Still sonar. Yeah. Right. But not just not just any sonar. They have to really know how to work the equipment and the the nuances of how sound travels. So I learned by doing this, this project that temperature affects how water travels really? and also the depth of course. Yeah. Um, so it's not just, it's not just the same. Like when you, when you're, I don't know, like when you shine a light and it's, you know, you know, the light is going to travel so many, so, so many feet and have this much coverage and dissipate, dissipate it's different. Yeah. And even the salt affects it too. And, and the, other animals in the in the water so so anyways um
0: and the way that it balances too and the sound waves i've read somewhere where there's more undiscovered area and things underwater than in space yes is, is that true oh, i believe yeah. it yeah
1: and and, and, and yeah I, I do think it's true um and it was crazy you know it's so close and james cameron you know he he did the movie the abyss and he yep. actually you know that's what got him interested in titanic too like amazing um film filmmaker um but anyways, um, so the Navy, they were teaching this content in 2018. This was 2018. Yeah. They were teaching this content still with PowerPoints. Okay. I thought you were going to say like in a pool or something. <laughs> no, <laughs> not even that. Well, <laughs> not too, even that. Too costly, right? Oh, okay. And uh, maybe too hazardous, right? If they drown, right? Mm-hmm. But these people are, these people are um, they were in their early 20s that who was getting trained? No, well, mid-20s because they had just they, had, they were officers, so they already finished college. So and then they're 23, 24 years old up in the they're up in the air in what's called a P8 Boeing plane the, the Poseidon. Okay. And the P8 is flying around up there, which I think is basically a, a 747 Boeing if I remember correctly, and they have all the sonar equipment up there. Right? Okay. And they're having to learn the sonar equipment up there. So they're so you're talking about these, uh, these young officers that have all, you know, they're on this plane doing doing these uh, uh, procedures and sometimes they either need to learn the content for the first time or need a refresher.
0: Right. So they needed a way to teach this content in a modernized way, but they and, didn't say VR. And you're learning it in a completely different condition that you would be in in real life, right? You. Because you're going to be, you're not going to be up in the air. You're going to you. be dark, yes. underwater. Like it's a completely different environment that you're training in, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, so what I studied
1: in grad school is how people learn, right? Um, cognitive science. And one of the things that we focused on a lot in grad school is something called embodied cognition. In other words, your surroundings, um, your perception, your bodily perception has a lot to do with what you learn, what you remember, yeah. right? And what you what you pay attention to. There's all these things that cognitive science looks at. And uh, you know, not just, it's, it's a simple way of saying how we learn, but there's all these things that are involved with learning, right? Memory is one and executive attention, all these things, right? So the environment plays a big role. And, other, and the simple way to say it is learning by doing, you know, it's, it sounds like cliche to say, yeah, the best way to learn something is by doing it, especially procedural knowledge, right? Right. Not necessarily declarative knowledge, like memorizing stuff, but that there's, there's something to be said about helping your memory to remember even that stuff whenever you get physical, right? Whenever you're involved, your mo- your, actually your body's involved too. But in any ways, what I'm trying to say is um, that I love what you just said. Because research says, there, there's a, um, a researcher, um, Collins, out of um, Northwestern, he talks about this. His area of research is this. like You retain information better and you recall it better. You, yeah. can, you can use it again from your memory if you learn it in the same context in which you're going to apply
0: it. Yeah, because it makes sense, right? Because you're executing in these conditions that you're familiar with, right? Like there's not this variable that wasn't there when you were training for it. Like exactly. you, you've experienced some of this stuff.
1: Learning in the classroom on, on PowerPoint is, is boring compared to um, what, what you could be doing it in real life. Right. Yeah. So, so anyway, so that, so we tell the Navy, you want to modernize how you train this? Well, you should do it using VR. And I'm like, that's a good idea. Yeah. We'll consider that. So, so they
0: had never even put that on the table. They were, no. they were just like, we've got this problem. We want to trade, you know, train these new people, but we don't know how to do it. And then you were like, virtual reality yeah we, yeah we
1: said you should you should think about that too and then you're like that's a good idea and, and, and so we got a small contract to explain how we would do that so that was our very first cool. paid contract and uh and so they they saw the value
0: and that's congratulations yeah. on that that's <laughs> amazing right you, like think yeah. about if you would have you could go back in time until like you know your young self one day you're going to be pitching to the navy virtual reality training <laughs> it's nuts that's yeah. amazing. I,
1: yeah. I, I thought I thought the Navy, the DoD, they already have this stuff. Why would they need a small? company? But yeah, it's yeah. they rely a lot. They do a lot of stuff through contractors, through small businesses, through cool. big, through big business, private business.
0: Yeah, one of the, the things that I, I think we talked about it right. So in oil and gas, uh, you're training for uh, repairs on equipment, right? And it's dangerous. There's pressures. There's you know different conditions, right? So one of the ideas that I think would be cool. With augmented reality, right? Because they're wearing all this, you know, protective gear. It's hard to to look at a manual and you know use the tools. So if you had augmented reality, and you could say, hey, this this piece right here, this nut right here, this bolt, you know, controls your pressure, you know, and you could see like what that part's called, you know, what tool requires, you know, how much you should tighten that bolt. I think that would be amazing. Yes, right? it is. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the where it's going. That's the place it's going. Augmented reality. You know, you don't have to reference the manual. You don't have to take off your gloves, right? Like you can just see this part. You see this layer. We were talking about there's real life. You're interacting with the piece, with the equipment, but you're pulling up the manual, basically. And, yeah. you, you know, and you can incorporate other elements, right? Like you could do like. Uh, voice activation, right? You can mm-hmm. say like, hey, Siri, go to page 22 or hey, exactly. Siri, uh, search for part, you know, two, three, four, five, and it would pull it up. And you know I, what else you can do? People are already doing this and
1: it's going to become more and more common. You can have your instructor, your supervisor, what have you,
0: whoever's guiding you live on the call with you or, you know, in the AR app with you. Yeah, that's true. It's almost like a, a FaceTime, right? But it's virtual and exactly. you can pull up Give me the expert. Give me the, the engineer who designed this equipment. Right. right? And they're
1: there on call.
0: Yeah. And then so then they can circle things based on what you're seeing. They see what you see and can point at things. and So they can you. almost like know on top of the layer that you're looking at. And yeah. they could circle, hey, right here, be careful right, right. there or whatever. There's companies wow. already doing that. That's yeah. very cool.
1: And eventually imagine being able to do that live when you're trying to fix a plumbing problem at home. Yeah. Or trying to put together IKEA furniture.
0: Very cool, yeah. I never read the manual. Like, especially, you know, Ikea, it's like, you know, Swedish company. Right. I'm like, I'm not, it doesn't make sense. It's because so. you're too smart, bro. You don't, you don't need <laughs> no. the manual. Right? It's because men do not need manuals. <laughs> we right. don't need maps, and we don't need manuals. <laughs> right. We know everything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
1: And if it's and if not, if we don't know it, because yeah. because they messed up. Exactly. Right? Yeah. They, put, they put extra parts. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: Still works the same. <laughs> right. Right. Duct tape it. So tell me, what do you think is is the future? Uh, you know, we're talking about virtual reality, and I know I try to always pitch you on NFTs. So yeah. I think virtual reality and NFTs kind of go hand in hand. Well, you know, everything you tell me
1: about crypto and NFT, because you know way more about it than I do, I believe it, right? Yeah. That doesn't mean that, that automatically I'm, you know, brave enough to do what you do, right? Yeah. But just a matter of fact, today, I took a big step today you
0: did it you bought some crypto i created an account okay that's the first step all right we're getting (laughs) on i feel like i'm always trying to (laughs) pitch people on crypto they're probably like you know yeah we're tired (laughs) no but that's the thing like so okay there's this book by malcolm gladwell called tipping
1: point yeah and in that book he talks about um at least two different personalities that i keep thinking about one of those personalities is called the maven someone who knows a lot about a particular subject yeah, and like they dive deep and really research it because they get into it and they want to learn a lot about that particular subject. And in this world of tipping point, sometimes they help to create a tipping point because people know and trust that this person has really done their research and knows the latest trends and, or the latest developments or. But sometimes maybe, they get labeled as the crazy person. <laughs> no, right? that's right. Mavens <laughs> right. often are considered crazy yeah. crazy. Yeah. And, uh, because,
0: yeah, because it's it's not um, a natural tendency. Most people don't do that kind of stuff. Right. So ahead. easy to explain. First step, I think anything that's a ticket right now, anything that's a wristband right now, NFT. Right? Anything Super that- Bowl ticket right now, you're going to get an NFT if you go to the Super Bowl. That's your, that's your prediction. Yes. No, it's going to happen. Like, they've already did that, right? But I think any ticket in the future, any wristband for a concert, it's going to be an NFT. But what you're saying
1: is, Okay,
0: so see, there there goes the crazy part. You're like, hold on, hold on, wait, yeah, yeah, wait. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going but to the Super Bowl. What does this have to do with the NFT? <laughs> right. right.
1: But <laughs> this happens a lot whenever you and I talk about NFTs, and, and and not not as I guess not as much as crypto. But between crypto and NFTs, I'm way more into NFTs than crypto. Okay. But but still, you know, they, they get talked about a lot, right? Right. And why the reason I'm into NFTs more than crypto is because I don't. I don't feel like somebody like me can easily just go create a coin. They can, right? Yeah. But to me, it seems more like an artist. When it, when someone says, I'm going to create a song. When someone says, I'm going to paint something. That's what NFT feels like. Yeah. Right. But it's not just art. What you're saying, it, it can even be entry into Yeah, because
0: event. NFT is non-fungible token, right? You can authenticate that this thing is real, right? So if you think about how many people have bought tickets to an event, You know, bought tickets thinking that they were real and then maybe, you know, they weren't like it was a fake ticket. Now, if you have the NFT to go to the Super Bowl, like it's authenticated, like you have the NFT and then you get this memorabilia. You get to take this thing and say, I was at the Super Bowl when my team won the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Right. But but is it also um, but isn't that like a barcode right now when you get into a place? I mean, right now. I, I think probably the, the most modernized thing that you would have if you have the Ticketmaster app, right? Like you would have like a barcode in the app or whatever, right? But, but somebody could screenshot that, right? Like somebody could say mm, like, this is my ticket. But if it's NFT, like you can validate in the ledger saying like, yeah, this mm, is okay. the, the real thing, right? And it's a, you can and memorabilia. Yeah. Right. Like Because humans like to collect everything. Think about right. caveman days, you know, <laughs> <You're> <laughs> like right. it goes back. Right. like even painting on the wall right? yeah. sometimes I wonder about the caveman paintings bro do you think
1: it okay in your mind if you had if you had to guess yeah. is it more like a person like an artist or a respected person of the community of like historical reasons painting this because it's like what a, what an artist does now or was it a little kid painting and they think it's important I, History I think, thinks it's important
0: well I think it's probably both but I think that it was a way for them to record of you know what was happening and how to past traditions and yeah. even like dangerous like if you see like the elephant or whatever coming after the guy and he's like about to get killed like that was a way to say like you know there's danger here for future right. generations i think right. that was a way for them to document that yeah that was their nft to, to that, pass along. exactly <laughs> and they collected these images yeah. Right? yeah well you
1: know what we should do on on right now on this episode because this it's gonna be on youtube it's gonna be time stamped it's gonna be all over social media we should say that we're going to create if you're down, let's say today that we're going to create an NFT to try to sell it. I'm down. Yeah. We're going to create yeah. something.
0: So here's another, here, this is a free business idea, right? Okay. Oh, if I, if I had write this down. <laughs> if I had a pizza shop right now, I would sell NFTs for my pizza shop okay. and I would do different layers, right? Like you would have like, you know, the the silver layer, the gold layer, or, you know. The platinum layer. I didn't so, even know they had layers. I mean, you could do NFTs you can customize, right? Like you can do different uh NFT versions of your oh, collection. That's right? what you mean by layer. Yeah. Like so, for example,
1: each version of the board ape is a different layer. Exactly. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. So
0: let's say uh you have the the silver NFT of my pizza shop, you get 10% discount for life, right? You uh, get you get the gold layer, you get 50% discount for life. Uh platinum, you get free deliveries. Uh, you get as much toppings as you want, and because you have the NFT, like that's yours for life, and right. you could resell that, right? Like you could say, "Hey, you know, I, I'm I'm gonna move. Greg, here's my NFT for this great pizza shop. You're gonna love it." And then they could pass that loyalty program, and then they they can authenticate that loyalty program. And then when I sell the it, NFT. when I sell it to this guy, on you get some of that money of that sale too. The creator of the NFT could could set a percentage. Like you could say. I want to get a 5%, a 10% commission each time it's oh, the resold. original creator. Yes. Not you, the first customer. No. Like oh, you, okay. you can say the value, right? If you get in early to Joe's Pizza before everybody thinks that Joe's Pizza is the number one pizza in the world and you bought it for 20 bucks, but really now pizza there costs, you know, 50 bucks. Yeah. Like this NFT is now worth a lot more than what you originally paid for it. And if you think about
1: it, if you're wanting to do that today without
0: the NFT... How would you do that? I mean, a card that is magnetic the, like the stamps, right? Like yeah. you come and, and they punch hole. Like right. after twenty visits, you get a free drink or Which whatever. Which you can fake, right? Yeah. You could Photoshop it, and, and or you lose the card, right? Yeah, and right. I can't pass that along to somebody else, or if I move or whatever, like yeah. it's done. Right, I see what you're saying. That's a business idea. So right what? There. I love that idea, <laughs>
1: and anybody could do it. Any
0: any yeah, sort um, of business, any any business that wants to, and it gives you a connection to your consumers right and the more value that you can provide to the nft like the the value is there for the consumers you can make this nft whatever you want it to be and you've
1: already created at least one nft that i know of yeah yeah so but is
0: that the only one you've done no well i've created a series right so i'm in the process of creating a thousand characters uh this collection is going to be called dia de los cripto Oh, right? I remember that. So yeah. it's a mixture of Dia de los Muertos and the zombie apocalypse, right? Like both, <laughs> both. so you see like right. these uh, Dia de los Muertos characters that are turning into zombies. So that's oh, what So that. Right so then when you, so when you made a Chapulín, that was not part of the series. The Chapulín was just the NFT that I bought uh, from another collection. Oh, I thought you made that. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So that was just me supporting somebody else that was doing something cool, you know, with Latin culture and NFTs, right? So, but that wasn't the... Uh, uh, the Cholo. Yeah, that was the Crypto Cholos. That, okay. that collection is called Crypto Cholos. Crypto Cholos, yeah. okay. But <laughs> yeah, Dia de los Criptos. That's mine. Yeah, is your baby. Yeah. And you already started it? Yeah, yeah. So I'm creating a thousand characters, right? Different. uh The thing about NFTs is you can make them unique, right? So the, the more characteristics you have and the more rare those characteristics are in your NFT, the more it's worth. So that's why... You see some Bored Apes. Uh, you're familiar with the board Ape yeah. Club, right? Mm-hmm. Some of those are super expensive because it, he's wearing this hat that only like 1% of the whole collection has this hat. Or they're gold, right? And that's a real rare characteristic. And just like back in the day, trading cards. Exactly. Certain Pokemon yeah. cards
1: that were rare. Or my kids play um, on Roblox. They play a game called Adopt Me. And certain pets are more rare than others. And if people really want them, like, for example... They both used to have a shadow dragon pet, uh, or a frozen, uh, 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 an ice dragon, no, frozen dragon, something like that. And all these other little kids want that one. And uh, my son Daniel has a an, a Haxolotl. So it's these rare pets yeah. that the other kids want. And so, and they spend real money on this, like exactly. Anything. So they're already
0: doing it. They're already <laughs> buying <laughs> NFTs. They're yes. just not calling them NFTs. Right, right. right. Because once do. it's an NFT, you can take it to different places it's on the blockchain right so you bought this cool uh you know costume for your character you can take it to the metaverse and you can you know keep your collection of all these things that you've purchased they don't have to live within Fortnite. they don't have to live within roadblocks they're in the metaverse and you can take your all this money that you spent that is crazy man yeah Yeah. (laughs) so crypto cholos check it out yeah i was just like you know because it's cool to see somebody doing something you know latin base yes. you know it's cool i want to support other people there's a saying in uh crypto and nft's it's w a g m i and What's it that? means we all going to make it oh wow so that's like the people that are in like super supportive like we all want to make it that's right we right. want to take it to the next level yeah But what i meant to
1: say is go check out dia de los cryptos. yeah and and the way we can find that is
0: on opensea Openseed.io. Okay. And then you just search uh, for the collection. It's Dia one, de los Crypto. One word or just? Uh, just space it out. So, yeah. Dia space, you know, Dia de los Crypto. Cryptos. Okay. Yeah. Right. And wow. It, yeah. And so you already have all 1,000? No. So I already have all 1,000 collected and then I'm posting them, right? Because when you uh, put it on uh, basically the, the ledger, you have to write out all the characteristics, right? So uh, everything that's going to be uh, in your NFT, that way people can search, like, hey, I want a male, I want him to wear a mariachi costume, and I want him to have green eyes or whatever. So all right. those characteristics have to be on the blockchain, right? So you can basically say, like, oh. how rare this NFT is.
1: Which is almost kind of like the source code yeah. behind the behind the scenes of an app or whatever. Yeah, it's
0: just like your public ledger of, like, what this thing is. It defines the, the characteristics of
1: this thing. Wow. Yeah. So that's amazing, man. So, but... But it's because it takes time. That's why you don't have all
0: thousand. Or is it something like you have to kind of have a strategy of doing certain drops? Uh, that would be ideal. But then, too, like me, I work a full-time job, right? So it's my <laughs> side hustle. Everything's my side hustle. Right? <laughs> you got a lot of side so, hustles. So, <laughs> you know, I tell people that my 8 to 5 gives me my living, but my 5 to midnight to 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock, that gives me my life.
1: Oh, you know wow. What I mean? I like that. So yeah, that needs to be on the poster. Uh, I I hope one
0: day we all make it. (laughs) That's right. What's the, what's the, what's the uh, acronym again? W A G M I.
1: W A G M I. Yes, we got to, we got to, (laughs) Yeah, We're getting the
0: signal that we're running out of time. I know we could, we could talk about this forever, but we'll put a pin in it. We'll definitely have to, you know, bring you back. But for the people that are interested in your company, where do they find your company?
1: Yeah. So thank you. So we're on, um, the world wide web. If you type mm. in www.ocupath.com, that's O C U P A T H.com. I shouldn't have done P right in the microphone, right? That's the one rule. You're not right, supposed to do that. Pops, right? yeah. The pops. The right? pops. <laughs> what was I thinking? Yeah. And then, and you know, we're uh, we, uh, on LinkedIn, um, you know, for since we're mainly a B2B business, right? Uh, business to business. Um, so we, we, we stay on, on LinkedIn, but we're not, we're not you as be good on as
0: OpenSea. You should have these virtual NFTs. Like, right? How cool would
1: that be? Man, what would you say is the average age of the person involved in OpenSea NFTs? super young. It's yeah. super young, yeah.
0: but, uh, the creators are all over. Right. And now you see like Adidas entering the space. You see Nike entering the space, right? Yes. So
1: Oh yeah. And, and a lot of companies doing it and, um, Coca-Cola and, um, and then we, we did crypto, too. Like, uh, we just
0: talked recently about Russia yeah. accepting crypto. Yeah. Even it's, though they used to bash it. It's inevitable. I mean, right. Bitcoin, for sure. Ethereum. <laughs> we need to have a conversation about crypto. Right. Yes. Yeah. Down for
1: another day. Yeah, another but, day. But Dia de los Cryptos, man. You got to yeah. check it out. Go yeah. out,
0: go buy them all. Exactly. They're, they're yeah. hot. They're yeah. rare. Get it in while the floor price is, like, <laughs> low, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's Absolutely. awesome, bro. Yeah. That is Thank awesome. you. Yeah. I'm proud of you, brother. You, <laughs> Likewise. Coming up from South OK, Southside Likewise. OKC, doing we're, big things. And we're just trying to make it. you know. Man. Big dreamers, you and I. So, you know, just keep the dream. And that's what I always tell people is keep grinding because in the dream, we trust. Mm, there we go. Hot. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Greg Hallman, repping Occupath. <laughs> next
1: one.